good news, everyone. It doesn't say recording, Kristen. I, it says it on my end, not on your end. It's oh, okay. I, I can't it. edit this out. Okay, I love this. No, keep this. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Broken Bougie Podcast. I'm Quinn. And I'm Chrissy. Okay, so I'll just go ahead and tell the people. So Chrissy always starts, and apparently you need to because you do a better job than I do. Obviously, I'm giving her signals on like, go. She's like, it doesn't say recording on my end. No, it says it on my end. That's why I'm giving you signals. Go. I was wondering why she was doing those crazy arm movements. I'm like, why are you so OCD? I'll start when I want to. But now I get it. Also, if you hear a third voice, that's because we have a special guest with us today, um, a friend from high school who we adore and doing amazing things, and her name is Niza. We won't put your last name unless you want us to. <laughs> Niza's fine. It's already hard to pronounce already. Is it? Well, I know it's Niza. He said, is it? Right. It's phonetic, so not, yeah. not so much. And then your <laughs> married name is... Is it Nugent is your married name? Nguyen or Wen. Oh, oh Nguyen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, ladies, for having me. So happy to be here. We are happy to have you. Happy you are, like Chrissy oh, said, to see you. all of March, we wanted to celebrate and showcase strong women, real women. And just in our little pre-conversation, I was like, oh, Nisa. <laughs> I want to give you guys a virtual hug right, right? now. Thank you guys so much. I know. I was like, a fun fact. We all cheered together. Yes. Yeah. Go Mustangs. Go Mustangs. So for our high school years, we spent almost every weekend together, the whole summer together. The whole summer. <laughs> every day. Every day. Yeah. It was something. It was always something. Fun fact. I just got rid of my cherry uniforms. She did. <gasps> Literally she did. a couple of months you had ago. Them. Do you still I, have yours? I think I have maybe one. I actually have my song uniform. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know where the rest went, to be honest. We've moved so many times, but <laughs> I actually want to keep them. I wanted to keep them too. And girl, they were expensive. I'm trying to keep them. Thank you. I was like, we paid thousands I of dollars. A lot of chips and chocolates. I'm keeping those. Those are my pride and joy. I was like, I mean, I gave them to Goodwill, so somebody's going to be wearing a mustache shirt uniform with Kristen and Kristen on it because we had our names put on it. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be crazy. But yeah, my niece and my sister, we were going through my garage and I had a, my whole tub of freshman through senior year. And my sister was like, you can't even fit in these. I think it's time to give them up. Oh, I know. I was like, so sad, but I kept my t-shirts. Those are cute. Because there's a company that will make your t-shirts into a quilt. Oh yeah. I think I threw away all my t-shirts. Um, but I did keep my shorts for a long time until I could no longer fit them. So they they were my super comfy shorts. And then I realized, okay, these mama heads aren't going to fit these anymore. No. (laughs) She keeps everything though. Like she has probably every, you know how we used to get the, what are they called? They're the little brochures you can get your name put in, like leaflets that the. Oh yeah. Like they would sell during. Oh yeah. How many of those do you have? I have, I know I have every football one from freshman year, like for homecoming. I used to buy only the homecoming editions 
And then oh, wow. I think basketball started to do them. So I think I have two from basketball. I, I also, fun fact, I also have, um, I used to have Wrench Over the newspaper and I have like all the clippings from the newspaper and all the clippings from the Press Enterprise. My dad used to get the Press Enterprise on Saturday mornings. And I used to literally tell him to give me the sports section because it always had the Friday night game highlights in it and pictures and I used oh to oh my gosh really mm-hmm. I used to cut them and put them in a shoebox. and as I traveled I just put them in different things but I was like one day I'm gonna put them in a scrapbook I have yet to do it but I still have them all you yeah. have everything dude if you if we're trying to go down memory lane I'm gonna hit you up because no, you I'm have like, to seriously that is so cool I wish I kept those things and because yeah. my husband keeps all of kind of like you he keeps like a lot of those newspapers of all the football mm-hmm. games and big events and I don't have any of that so yeah I'm gonna hit you up Kristen hit me up because I have them my minimalist lifestyle doesn't allow me to have <laughs> <laughs> aesthetically <Totally> opposite right <laughs> I tried to do the minimalist lifestyle and then it just does not work out for me um, but I'm getting better in organizing it and keeping it like, so I don't end up on the show hoarders. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it is <laughs> decent. I won't have to have an intervention. They will be in books and stuff where people are going to be like, Oh, what is this? A book of newspaper clippings. Um, so at least, you know, I'm good at that. That's wow. cool. I love so that. that's just a little history of how exactly. we all know each other. <laughs> yes. Going back down memory lane. I love it's, it. Nisa, so tell us what you've been up to like lately because you've been doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit of everything. But um, yeah, I'm a mom of three girls, uh, eight, five, and two. They are my sassy little princesses. So that is a full-time job in itself. So power to all the mamas out there. Um full-time job. I'm a portfolio manager. I'm a partner advisor at a wealth management firm here in Los Angeles. And for some of you that don't know, I'm also the reigning Mrs. Asia USA. So really excited to represent my Asian American community and um, more specifically, really excited to be, you know, an inspiration for my Cambodian American community that has been long underrepresented. So just really proud to, to do that. Um, and then I recently launched two online communities, one called Camp From Nothing, which is specifically focused on preserving and capturing stories of survival for Cambodian genocide survivors and their children and their families and what their upbringing was like here in America. And then Universal Energy is focused on holistic healing, wellness, meditation. So all things spiritual, all things meditation, all good things about holistic healing. Um, Universal Energy is something that I'm really, really passionate about. So I think that helps balance my other crazy lifestyle in terms of managing well for for my clients in the wealth management space. So, you know, trying to get my hands in, in, in different spaces that connect me and, and, you know, I think inspire me or pull me to do it. That's awesome. Yes, that is amazing. Oh, Oh my gosh, congratulations. (laughs) And I always wondered, how was it to compete and practice knowing you had three kids and a full-time job? Um, And I mean, you won, so you were... (laughs) Yeah, if you guys have seen some of the pictures, I was completely surprised by it because 
I don't know why you're beautiful. I know. I don't know why either. I was like, I wish I could be there. You have posted like about it and how you want people there. And I was like, I'm not so far away. But then like, you actually won. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, it was such a very unique experience for me. Cause one, I've never competed in a pageant in my life. I didn't know what to expect. Right. And two, I actually applied maybe a few months after I gave birth to my third daughter and no part of me like my shadow self is like are you sure you want to do this you just had a baby what are you thinking you've already got so much on your plate but at the same time I felt uh, a part of me really want to wanted to inspire my children in the sense that yes I'm a minority yes I am a female yes I am married and yes I have three kids and I don't want that to stop me from remaining powerful or remaining relevant or remaining, um, motivated. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know, I got nothing to do, nothing to lose. If anything, I'm going to make new friends along the way. I'm going to empower hopefully other women who might be wondering if they're good enough. Right. I have my stretch marks. I, I have my bad days when it comes to motherhood and I just need to like, um, go into seclusion for a little bit. And, and those realities are raw and those are okay experiences to share. And so for me as a, a working mother of three kids and, um, you know, having not the, the perfect model body type, I wanted to say, Hey, you know, you're beautiful regardless of how old you are, um, if you're a mother or not. And so I, I think just sharing that on the platform and just staying confident I was surprised that I did come out with the the title of Mrs. Asia USA so I've had great experiences um, meeting new people I've had people reach out to me you know thanking me for representing the Cambodian community and the Asian community because uh, for a while we've been underrepresented and uh, especially as working moms and you hear beauty pageants normally um celebrating younger women who are in their mm-hmm. teens or early twenties. Right. And so for me, I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, long past 30 now I'm going towards the other way. Right. And it's okay. I still feel young. I still feel beautiful. And uh, I think a lot of young women still struggle with self-esteem issues and confidence. I know for me personally, I've gone through those bouts where I, I kind of question you know, my self-worth or my beauty or my confidence. And you kind of compare yourself to other people, mm-hmm. but there's so much to be celebrating about ourselves individually. Everyone is beautiful. And, and uh, regardless of your background, your age, um, your, your occupation, what have you, I think uh, we, we just need to celebrate those differences. A hundred percent agree. That's why you won because your body knows you. <laughs> right there. It's literally it? just in what you said. Oh, there. I, right. like, I would have voted for you. This is what we want to highlight. Please go to her Instagram to see how beautiful oh. this person is on the outside. And these are the words coming from her heart. And so. as well as on the inside too. I'm like, you're, oh. you're, you're inspiring me. I'm like, damn, I want to put some makeup <laughs> out there. And I want to be like, show the world. I am beautiful. This is who I am. Stretch marks and all. I don't even have kids. Have yes, girl. Those are proud marks. <laughs> Those yeah. are proud marks. Proud marks. Yes. yes. So that is amazing. Thank you. Um, how has your platform been? As you said, you've been the reigning. Um, now I've seen it. We're friends, you know, on Instagram and you speaking out about everything that's happening with the Asian community. Do you feel like now your voice and platform has 
needs to be elevated more now than it ever has been. Yeah, I think as a rating, Mrs. AGU say, I feel there's certainly a, a level of responsibility to speak up. And I don't think this, these ways of Asian hate crimes are recent. In fact, it's been happening for a while, but I think with, with respect to our culture, a lot of us have been encouraged since we were young or, or programmed to not really talk about it or, or, or speak up about it for the sake of saving face and not trying to cause any confrontation. And so the reality is, I think racism against Asians have been around for a while. Racism in general has been around for a long while. It's not immune to any particular ethnic group. And for me, as Mrs. Asia USA, what I want to share with the community is that, you know, this is not a time to be um, pitting each other against, pitting one ethnic group against another, right? Racism has been long entrenched inside the United States for a long time. And I think some, in some ways, the media and social media does help at least communicate that this is happening, but in some ways it can be harmful because we're not always sharing what's happening in the context of the overall story, right? And so what I wanna communicate to the community is I think we have many allies across different ethnic groups and we need to work together collectively if we're gonna tackle uh, racism, right? And we we stand behind the Black Lives Movement, we stand behind the, the, hate, uh, the, the Stop Asian Hate Movement, and we stand with all the other ethnic groups. And it shouldn't be, um, you know, something focused in silo. We need to work collectively together if we're ever going to move ahead. And I think right now what we're seeing as um, the reason why we're seeing these waves of anti-Asian hate crimes is obviously the pandemic is still here. It has affected so many people. And I think the rhetoric and the narrative um, from certain groups certainly didn't help and has been certainly misleading and false. And a lot of my Asian communities have been extremely scared, fearful, outraged. Um, and I'm hoping that we can get past that. I've, I've seen so much amazing groups come together, our non-Asian allies get together at some of these rallies. We have many um, coming up this weekend. So it's it's going to be a, a hurdle, um, but, uh, you know, I think speaking up uh, non-violently is uh, the best way to approach this because violence doesn't always fix things, right? Mm -hmm. And so the best way to get our message across is to share you know, information across social media, try to get the social media or main media channels involved um, and, you know, just spread the word because what I fear is it, for those that remain quiet and complicit, we're actually allowing the racism to run loose. And regardless of what ethnic group you're in, it's going to come back to haunt us, right? We've learned the hard way that no ethnic group is going to be immune from racism if we just allow it to just run its course. And so the best way to do that is to work collectively together as one community in order to tackle these, these uh, you know, unfortunate hate crimes. It is, it's true. It is. I agree with you. Yeah. I feel like it's not one against another, it's all of us against. Yes, so yes. 100%. I think to speak on when you say that you feel like you're culturally, you're brought up to think that way the fact that we have to have a conversation or that we are having a conversation that involve two ethnic groups fighting each other not the system that's set up against said ethnic mm -hmm. group is mind-boggling like you know when you just think about it you're like this is crazy this is a crazy concept for me to 
wrap my head around, but it is America and it is real mm-hmm. and you do have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's the hard part is encouraging everyone to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? These are uncomfortable conversations, but it needs to be talked about. It needs to be told and it needs to be shared um, because if we remain quiet, then these really dangerous narratives will continue to win. And we don't want that because we've seen how that unravels into violence Mm -hmm. and the unfortunate crime that took place in Atlanta. It was just, it's just heartbreaking. I know a lot of us in the Asian community are still grieving and processing what happened. It was such a senseless crime. And I think what was most disappointing is that there are still mixed opinions about whether it was a hate crime or not, and that I, it was sexually motivated. I understand that. <laughs> That's when you get to the, yeah, where you're like, how is that a conversation that we're having? Exactly. Exactly. Never, that should never be a conversation. And it is. Yeah. And me and Clinton have discussed this. And I was like, I don't understand why it's taking like people don't understand that that's a hate crime, regardless yeah. if it was targeted, which it was, it's a hate crime, regardless. Exactly. And However you want to sugarcoat it. Yeah, yeah you, you, you can, can sugarcoat it. Can. I'm just- <laughs> you can put it all the way you want, but at the <laughs> end of the day, it's a hate crime. And I just think about like what you said, you don't want it to get what it was. And I think of in the summer of 2020, where you had 50 states all protesting about injustices and people don't realize injustice isn't for one ethnic group. Injustice exactly. is for a lot of ethnic groups. And it's that's why it was, it was a treatment of people. And that's what we were protesting for to put that on the radar and people to say, there is injustices to the United States and this racism that is happening. We need to stop it. And it's not just for one, it's for all. It's for exactly. everyone it's happening to. So exactly. I couldn't imagine being uh, an Asian American and then to have to hear the narrative be skewed and manipulated Mm -hmm. to where you're even questioning like someone's motives or if this is targeted when only Asian people were murdered, only Asian women were murdered. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it makes the act and, you know, my heart goes out to the families who lost someone, but it's like, it makes the act bad but then it's like the aftermath after it is worse so how are they going to be able to move forward and heal Mm -hmm. from this horrific act when you're muddling what this person actually did justice like justice for these families and it's like how that has been able to be turned into anything different than justice for those families is it's sad and it's, it's a hard world to raise children. And I'm sure you have these views too, Niza, because you're a mother of three. And it's like, you want to teach our children, like, if you do this, this will happen. And you know, mm-hmm. there's justice and you have all these opportunities in America, but you're like, at what point do you're like, well, you really don't. There's sometimes where, you know, there, there's nothing you can do about it. And there's, you know, it's just, it's dark. It's very. It, it definitely has felt a lot heavier. I I think for the first time, I will admit this is the first time most of us Asians are fearful of our lives. And it's so scary to live in that type of mindset. Um, And, you know, my husband and I actually had a conversation the other day where we just, we were contemplating whether we were going to send our children back into in-person school. And it's ironic that 
one of the questions that came up was, do we want to send our kids to school in the midst of the social unrest where our kids are Asian? Are they going to be safe? Are they going to be okay? And this shouldn't even have to be a question in our minds, right? It should be okay. Are they safe because of the pandemic or, or, you know, other, other things, but the fact that I'm still, I'm actually asking myself, is it okay to send my kids to school because of the violence towards Asian Americans? Is it going to be gone by then? And, and it's just heartbreaking. It's really heavy for us, but that's the kind of the reality that we're living in right now. And the only way to get through this darkness is to create change. And that change starts from speaking up and that, Mm -hmm. and by speaking up, we need to collaborate with everybody, Asians, non-Asians, all our allies, because you're right, Chris, and this justice isn't just about for Asians. It's about everyone Mm -hmm. and no one is going to be immune. And I think all ethnic groups have gone through some form of racism before, you know, like I said, we, as Asians haven't this isn't the first time we've experienced racism. I've experienced racism growing up. We just don't really talk about it, right? And it's just an uncomfortable topic to discuss. And another thing that I think is misconstrued in the media is the idea of this model minority, right? And Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily an accurate representation of all uh, Asians. And that's part of the reason why I started Camp From Nothing as uh, Cambodians, 20% of the population still live in poverty here in America. Wow. And only 50% of all high school Cambodian Americans even get a high school degree. So it's just, uh, just an example of why that model minority for Asians is dangerous in creating this narrative about white supremacy and allying with Asians. And it's just not always accurate. Um, so we want to like you know, we need to change that narrative. And the way to do that is to influence the leaders and the media that this name narrative is so dangerous and so inaccurate in so many ways. Yeah. I have a question. It might be personal. So feel, yeah. feel free to okay. put me in my place by all means. But do you have elder people in your family that you've had these conversations with? And not that you can speak for every Asian person or every Asian elder, but I know that culturally and when it comes to age, they were conditioned and they did grow up in a different time. So they do handle it differently. Like, would you feel comfortable speaking on maybe some of those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I think for a lot of Asian families, like I mentioned earlier, we're just programmed to, I wouldn't program, but we're encouraged not to create a lot of confrontation. Right. And, um, and so a lot of the elders I know have been either verbally assaulted or, or verbally abused or even physically assaulted, but for the, the sake of saving face for themselves and their, for the family, we don't talk about those experiences. And I think they don't know what change is going to come out of that. They also don't want to bring more drama or, or issues to the family. So they just ignore it, but that's been dangerous because I think the latest statistic I saw is, we, we've had almost 3,800 reported, you know, incidences of racist, racism or um, physical assault in the United States. So, um, and that's the ones that have gone reported, the ones that haven't gone reported are obviously much higher. But yeah, I think even for me, I just remember growing up in my family, my mom, you know, just didn't want to cause any issues or any drama. And I was always 
told, especially as a female, don't talk too much or don't say too much. And unfortunately, that's kind of the way we were encouraged as young children. But what I'm seeing now in social media is this generation, this millennial generation are not our parents. We're definitely much more vocal. We definitely have much more education now, right? And, and we have a platform to talk about these experiences, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or, or Clubhouse. We're not our parents. So, and that's what I'm trying to get across is we need to speak up because we know that silence isn't going to do anything. Silence is actually showing complicity, um, complacency and we don't want to be in that zone anymore because it's not working and the only way to make or change the status quo is is to speak up um what we don't want to have happen is making um you know confrontation with other ethnic groups or or assuming one group is responsible because like i said these racist comments are coming from all different angles we've all Mm -hmm. all ethnic groups have been the source or been victims of some type of uh, racist remarks from different ethnic groups. And I, I don't want the media to start portraying or pitting us against each other because that's not healthy for building a community. Not at all. I think too, um, Connie, what you were saying is um, basically about what, sorry, my mind thought went away, but basically was um, how... How are they dealing with it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. My, sorry, my train of thought went away. Something popped up on my screen. Basically (laughs) how maybe it was more conditioned because do you feel, sorry, does, do you feel that it was more conditioned in the elder generation? Maybe because they were the first and second generation were immigrants coming over here, whether you guys are more, I would say Americanized. So you've seen it and you're like, and like you said, platforms, this millennials and generation Z are, are definitely different, you know? That's a great question. I think what we're, what we've witnessed, I can, I can, I can speak for at least the Cambodian generation and probably a couple of other Asian groups that have gone through similar experiences. So, um, you know, in the 1970s, there was a mass genocide in Cambodia where two and a half million people were killed during that time. And that was allowed to happen. I wouldn't say allowed to happen, but it happened because um, the, the Pol Pot regime wanted to create this agrarian utopia where everyone was one social caste. But I think it might have been a, a different story if there were more people who were able to speak up and uh, react quicker, not to say, you know, would have eliminated that whole regime. But I know because of that, that experience, a lot of Cambodians are scared to even create any confrontation because they've gone through so much and they're just trying to get by here in America where, you know, they want to remain under the radar, just keep their head down, keep their nose down and just work hard because they've already just survived this, uh, you know, these uh, atrocious acts of uh, violence and genocide in in the 1970s, and I know so many other Asian immigrants who also dealt with, you know, fleeing a war torn country. So when they get here, the last thing you want to do is now deal with another civil war or deal with uh, people who might not understand you, and you just kind of isolate yourself into community that gets you or understands your your upbringing and your background. And so that's probably why you you don't see a lot of Asians really speaking up about. Um, you know, against racism because they've just survived um, other atrocious nightmares from their own countries. 
Now here for the first generation Asian Americans, uh, we've seen, we've heard the stories our parents haven't have endured and survived. Like my mother, she ended up working as a janitor here in America for a while, scraping gum up, uh, under the tables um, when I was, you know, a, a young child, because that's the only work she could do, not having a, a bachelor's degree or even a high school degree. My father worked as a blue collar worker. And so they just kept their nose down, didn't say much. And, um, and I saw how hard they worked, but it didn't really get them the opportunity to move out of that vicious cycle for a long time. And, and what we're seeing now in the first generation of Asian Americans here is, I think they, they've seen the struggles and they wanna do better. We obviously have the tools and the platforms to be able to speak up. Um, they're all, and, and many of them do have better jobs than their parents did, right? So being able to collaborate with their colleagues and their allies, I think is extremely important, which is why I keep talking about building community together. It's not just this Asian American fight, it's everybody's fight for justice and equality. Um, and belonging to a community. So um, I'm, I'm so delighted to see that this first generation is speaking up, but we still have so much work to do, right? We can speak up, but is anyone hearing us, right? Yeah. And that's what we've been trying to ask for is like the Atlanta shooting, why is there still a debate about whether this is a, a hate crime or not? This is baffling to me. Um, and the only way we can continue to influence the media is through continued rallies, people speaking up. Um, I'm so happy to see the president of the United States talk about and, and recognize and acknowledge that these are uh, issues here in the United States. But yeah, we certainly have a lot of work to do and it needs, we need to actually see change within the community by way of um, you know, laws or enforcements or just changing the narrative about the coronavirus and, you know, and why these narratives of us being a virus is not actually accurate, right? So, or why racist. it was okay to even that is racist. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I'm like, why was it even okay? To say that you can't say, say that. Yeah, why was that. it okay for our leader of the world at the time to be able to go on national TV and say this and no one call him out on it? And I mean, there was some media that called him out and was like, why? And it was debated it? if it was racist or not. Yeah. It's racist. That's not debatable. That, again, too, like you said, it should never yeah. be um, debated. But I 100% agree. I feel like I don't have children, but Quinny's daughter is my goddaughter and you have kids. Mm. And I feel like we are the starts of the talk of the technology and the themes. And I feel like that generation is only going to be what we really need um, is what is our future. They say kids are a future. We influence they're the future. Are once you they're adults. Hearing like, that, huh? Remember when we were hearing that? And you're like, oh, that's a slogan. And then yeah. like living it with children now, you're like, it's not a slogan. It's real life. This is how it's not a this, slogan. Yeah. And yeah. I can definitely yeah. say because, like you said, the Generation Z is it's they're on a whole new level. They're mm -hmm. on things that we would never, we never thought to be on. They are not scared of anything. They're like jump first, acts later. Yeah. <laughs> and I seen that when they have TikTok things to maybe get all these tickets to a rally and no one show up, you know, mm -hmm. or let's take over, um, not the internet, but when they took over the stock market, you know, a lot of these things they do. And I'm just like, wow, I'm in so all of them. Some of them are crazy. And some of them I'm like, you guys are 
stupid but mm-hmm. a lot of them I'm like you know what you're not you're smart you're, you're using your voice yeah that's what that never showed me did I think you YouTube voice. would be the number one television streaming source money maker that it is now you know but um I'm I I hope it goes I hope you know, I felt like for a time, I felt like we were all going backwards. And now I, I, I definitely see hope in a glimpse of the future and a sticking together and never being, like you said, separated because in some sense, all minorities will face and go through the same thing um, of racism where it'd be from a white person or it'd be from another ethnic group. And I feel like sometimes we have to stop and be like, wait a minute. I can't say this to them because I wouldn't want something said back to me. If this was my narrative, when things were happening with George Floyd and they were like, oh, people of Asian community wrote, oh, don't breathe or something like that, we would have been outrageous. But yet people are like, oh, I'm not sure that's really a hate crime. It is. It's a hate crime. Let's call it for what it was. We it don't is, care yeah. what, if it was sexual driven, whatever it was driven or the motive it was, that's what it was. So. I thank you for speaking. Thank you. On yeah, it and was hard. Uh, and it, it, it's been hard. It's been definitely heavy for the Asian community, and I I fear for the elders. We just had an elderly Asian man here attacked in Irvine, which is probably one of the safest communities in the United it States. It is. I'm like nothing happens in Irvine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it, it's happening that close to home, and it's just it's heartbreaking. I I think I saw last night there was a 58 year old assaulted on the bus in was it San Francisco, um, by a group of teens. So it's, it's, it's scary that it's still happening. Um, and the only way to change us, we continue to rise up and we're, we're, we're loving the solidarity and the support that we're getting from everybody. Um, but we obviously want more and more support because I I, feel like there's so much beauty to working together, right? Like I, I grew up in Utah where most of my friends were white. And then I was in Marina Valley for a while. Right. And I loved, you know, having friends from all different, um, ethnic groups, whether they were black, Hispanic, Asian, you know, and, and it's, I think there's just so much beauty in the, the opportunity to work together and understanding each other's and celebrating each other's differences and uniqueness and culture. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's so sad to see that because we can't, because some people can't understand other people's backgrounds and differences and Mm -hmm. they don't fit in. And that's just not right. It's not right at all. I also feel when you're in a unity and you come together, some of these instances, like you said, it was on a bus where there would be people that would stand up and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? No. And like, you know, whether if it's one, if you have more than one or two or someone saying something to stand up for another person and people will be like, all right, this isn't okay because they have a backing. People are standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to let you attack this person. I don't care. Like, we're going to have to get through me. We're going to have to fight. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And that's in all ethnics, in all situations. They just yeah. don't stand up anymore for other people. They would rather take out their camera and videotape it. And oh, rather no. just, yeah. Or say nothing. You would be surprised. Or say you, nothing. You and those were like, what are all those people watching doing? Those, yeah. those things. And act yeah. like yeah. nothing um, is yeah. happening. We just had an instance here on Wednesday where a guy went into a a grocery store, Publix, um, with two assault rifles, 
automatic, um, five pistol or three pistols and body armor and a mask. And no one seen him. And he went into the bathroom to load his guns and get ready. Well, a guy was in the bathroom with him, came out and he seen what was happening and went out. And instead of just walking out, of the store which he could have because he knew it was coming he went in and alerted the manager and was like yo something's about to happen he was like i already called the police maybe you should maybe we should start evacuating people see like someone like that he could have just left mm-hmm. and been like it's not nothing to do with me and then we could have had another mass shooting but instead he walked out of the store notified a manager also helped to evacuate the store like him wow. start telling people to leave you know called the police told the manager hey let's get people quietly start to get them to leave the store and I was like mm-hmm. that is somebody that didn't in a second thought never thought about himself mm-hmm. he thought about everybody else and what this could be and how bad it could be he didn't try to stop yeah. him but he did try to he's stop a hero him. right mm-hmm. and then when and then when the cops came when the guy walked out of the bathroom the cops were already there but he was ready to go to war he had his full body armor on and all his guns were loaded oh my god and i was like it's so crazy about that because i was reading and i was like well did anyone see him and no one in the store had seen him like obviously he had probably had all the weapons concealed it just took one guy being in the bathroom with him to realize some shit's about to go down and i need wow. to stop. i wow. need to say something and i see it i know like in new york it was a slogan see something say something and i feel like that needs to be like a national slogan see yes something, say something you do need Stand to be like, hyper aware right now of like your surroundings yeah. and what's going on in the world because yeah. You know. In general, in anything, if you see mm-hmm. someone's getting harassed or, hey, 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 what is happening here? Like, just, I know people are crazy and a lot of people are fearful, but I feel like majority of the time, the people that are harassing are probably scared too and probably aren't, if, if, if they're confronted by more than one person or confronted by a person, they feel like, oh, you know, I can pick on this person because they're weaker than me, but this person, they're standing up to me. They're going to stop. They're going to refrain and they're going to walk away, you know? And sometimes I feel like you just have to take that chance and maybe they'll get in your face and then you'll be like, I've already called the cops on you. Like, you know, make something up. (laughs) You don't always have to um, be the hero but sometimes just saying something like stop that don't do that who are, don't I like no because I alert authorities yeah you don't have to necessarily yeah. like our alert authorities the like, punches but you yeah. can totally call authorities to, to exactly like and and some kind of help are things um I feel like a lot people get scared off by horns. If you're in your car, just keep hunking the horn. Mm-hmm. You're in your car. They can't do mm-hmm. nothing to you. Just hunk your horn. Keep hunking it. And then it's bringing so much attention to them. They're just going to go away. But yeah, let me just think about things like that. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. Okay, I'm used <laughs> to it. Okay. I'm used to it. I went off on a tangent. Let sometimes. her go. No I'm so sorry. I agree 100%. <laughs> Yeah. So Niza, if you've never listened to an episode, we have an outro. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, before we end, I want to ask you too. You used to do like a YouTube educational learning. Or are you still doing that? The Aspire to Be? 
Yeah. So we put that on pause. My kids okay. have actually been asking to resume that. It's been a lot of fun. I actually okay. paused that once I found I was pregnant with my third due to like morning illness and, and juggling mm-hmm. my other career. But I think we might, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, requests from my daughters to resume that. Okay. In fact, um, yeah, I think it was a great opportunity for me and my children to bond over different types of careers, mm-hmm. but we will see, I think with a couple of my different passion projects yeah. and the kiddos, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we have time, but, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, I was like, how the kids yeah. would love that. I could see because of their ages too. Yeah. They could play toys, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to be an astronaut today? Do you want to be a chef today? <laughs> like, what it's do you like, want to be? They love it. <laughs> yeah. They love it. I actually it's- followed that and I actually um, looked at some of the, the videos and I thought they were so cute. And I was like, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, I'm, you have 101 things on your plate right now. So <laughs> I definitely understand where <laughs> you're like, it's on hold. Like, not trying to add another thing. Right, right. It's right, not Quinny. off the table yet, though. I think okay. was. So maybe, Perfect. just maybe. Quinny, go right ahead. Sorry for interrupting you. So continue, not go right ahead. <laughs> and I feel like we could talk all day. No, we can. We can. <laughs> um, so we have this thing, our outro, and it's something kind of like a, a high and a, pe- a low. So we do our shut up and whine about it, which is kind of like a vent session where you're like, oh, they just need to get rid of blah, 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 and shut up and whine about it. Like, it's kind of just like a frustration release. Um, and then we have our cheers too, where we celebrate something or someone, ourselves, whatever it is, we just kind of celebrate that. Yeah. So our guests, putting you on the spot, you get to um showcase and talk about what would you like to shut up and whine about and our cheers cheers. too and by wine it's not cry it's like wine cheers like drink it away yeah like shut up and wine like i'm these people need to shut up and like drink some wine about it (laughs) give me an example about a shut up and wine so it's just something i want to just vent about okay so i can give you a trash one so mine was when 50 cent was going around harassing people and i always am fearful that if he ever listens to this and comes for me i would be terrified (laughs) because he's awful he's so relentless to people so i'm always like oh shut up and whine 50 cent like i don't i don't like you and chrissy's done donald trump several times i've done donald trump several times the officers and i've done like situations that are happening too like the officers who weren't arrested for Breonna Taylor's Taylor. murder. The fact that we didn't call it murder. We've, we've you know, yeah. I hear there's yeah. been heavier ones. There's been lighter ones. It's it's just lighter depends one. on the week. Depends on the week. The country star yeah. who was crying about being a little racist. Remember him? Yeah. 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 It's we told like, him to shut up and whine. We like shut up and whine about it. And it doesn't have to be people. It can be situations. It could be, yeah. I'm venting like this Friday, this week has been a hell week. <laughs> like, yeah. Can I just whine about like not being able to still dine in in a restaurant? Oh, yes. You can. Yes. You can. <laughs> you can I do am that. dying to get back into a restaurant, have a couple of margaritas with my girlfriends and just eat good food that's warm on my plate and not grub hub it at home. Yes. Yes. Warm service someone like, please someone coming yes. off and giving you a hot plate meal right in front of you yes you'll have to reheat it from it didn't deliver yes yes yeah. I, i'm missing my barbecues i'm missing the you know the korean barbecues or even like a a, a nice fresh hot burger you know yeah. yeah so governor newsom again he's been one before too this is <laughs> 
I will say though, Governor Newsom, now that you guys like, so us here in Georgia, us um, out. the vaccine has been, it's open to everyone now. And I guess I heard, I'm so yeah, excited. Um, starting in California, it will be the 15th, mm-hmm. well, at least 18 or older. It was, I thought it was 16. Or oh, 16. Not, not that I have a 16 year old anyway. No, no, but. maybe it is 16. <laughs> maybe it is 16. I don't know. I know some states are, fi- are 18, some are 16. Uh, um, but yeah, starting April 15th, you, it will be open to 16 or older to everyone. So, so I will. 20, say, we'll, we'll have drinks here in California. Yes. Kristen, you can come join us on your back. I'm, I'm vaccinated. So you, you know, are? I am. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, she works in healthcare. I'm so. in healthcare. So yeah. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, she's already vaccinated. I'm a hero. You are a hero. <laughs> yeah not a hero i thought that was the coolest thing in the world ask christy like did you know i was a hero she did and i was like all right i know you're a nurse but (laughs) she was like are you a hero though thanks christy are you way to keep me humble thanks bestie (laughs) maybe like if i was dying and you hopefully bring me back to life but no but definitely drink soon nisa i agree and when christy comes out yeah yeah yes and I like that you said margaritas with an S. And then maybe yes. we can go. Um, well, well. I just want to put this out there. Maybe there's a place in Temecula. One of our friends owns Be Good yes. Temecula. He's opening one. And I just got this from his Instagram. I think his next one is going to be in Laguna Beach. Ooh. It's fun. It, well, it's a, they, they have, have margarita a flight, flights. A flight yes. of margarita. Yeah, he was, he was in a location yesterday and the decorations definitely look like the Be Good brand. And he did okay. say the next one was going to be OC. He did. Um, on, fun. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe that'll be open soon. And then I can come out there. We can yes. all go. That would be yes. so fun. Good times. Yes. So that was a good shut up and wine, Nisa. I agree <laughs> yes, with you. I agree. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go have drinks with Nisa. Yeah. are like, that's not reality. Where we're going to go. I <laughs> love a good cocktail. So... I know during the pandemic and not having a fancy cocktail like bothered me so much. It yeah. inspired you. It inspired me to create my cocktails. own fancy cocktails and infuse yes. my own tequilas. But it's it was something thing. that I literally was like, I just want to drink. I want an overpriced $20 drink. Yes. <laughs> served to you. I served to me. I'll take that $20. Yeah. I'll, I'll match you that $20 for two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's all I want. Like whoever thought that's what you would be like really wanting that. Yeah. Yes. Company human. Exactly. And then oh, our cheers so too. Are your cheers too? Oh, cheers to um, today's the last, the last day before spring break for the kids. So <gasps> hallelujah. The teacher <laughs> can vacation for a week. Yeah. Ah. I get a break. So yes, I'm with you. I can, and I will cheers to that. Yes. Cheers yes, to that. yes. You don't have to do schoolwork and work. Mm, and... No homework. Mm-hmm. Nope. You're like, cheers to that. I, yes. It starts I'm today. With... Yes. yes. Christy, Christy witnessed it because I was visiting her last week. And so yes. last Friday we were making Balcon- volcanoes for Volcano. fun Friday. Yes. She was like, oh, this is what y'all do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was like a You're real volcano. Like That's I thought like said. the cup. I wouldn't even have made the little dirt thing. Like she was like, "Do we have pot like soil dirt?" I was like, "What would you need dirt for?" And then when I <laughs> realized, like, oh, we're making a real volcano. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh!" And our then- hunt for the red food coloring. Oh, and then yeah, no one have food red color. What? Red food coloring. Yeah, yeah. But and it was, was right like, after Saint Patrick's out. Day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So like, there was green one, but my daughter was like, "Lava is not green." Green. She's smart. 
Yeah. So we went to what three or four stores we looking went to, for red like, four we grocery it. stores <laughs> to try to find and Walmart to try to find red food. We found it, but I was oh. like, this is what parents go through. Yes. <laughs> it has been something else. Let me just tell you, I have so much admiration for the teachers. I will I will buy these teachers a glass of white. Okay. A bottle. A bottle for me. <laughs> yeah, you bottle, know? Yes. Because I don't send them back. Yes. Exactly. Well, thank you for coming to the Broken Bougie My Podcast, Nisa. I cannot wait to catch up with you soon. Yes. We have to exchange information when we get off of this. Of um course. And yeah, and yeah. Thanks for Thanks having me. So good to catch up. Yeah. This has been another episode of the Broken Bougie Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>